December 12th. I'm headed back to Milwaukee. My mother is thrilled. Oh, you look so skinny! Feel like a teenager again. Do you mind staying here because the Christmas tree is being delivered? Patrick Ryan? When I saw him, I almost died. I'm sure it was just all in your head. No, literally, I fell down the stairs. You okay? Fine. Let's go. I think my mom just stays awake at night thinking of ways to publicly humiliate me. I think you look adorable. At Lifetime, Christmas love is for everyone. Outlast Lanco. Mom, I don't need you meddling in my social life. Oh, hi, Patrick. Fate definitely crossed paths. Fate or Kate. I'll just leave you two boys to it. Ben Lewis, Blake Lee, Ellen Wong. Chad Connell, and Fran Drescher. I don't have to ask Santa for anything this year. I already got it. The Christmas Setup premieres Saturday, December 12th at 8. Part of It's a Wonderful Lifetime 24-7 holiday movies all season long. Welcome to Stocking Stuffer number two, and more importantly, Stocking Stuffer number one with a guest star. Ah, uh, that's right. It is our first guest of the season. Yeah, that's you. I didn't know that. That is you. <laughs> we save the best for first. And I'll say, of course, I'll say that same line like every time I have another guest. Uh, but of course, I mean it this time. Uh, we, you know, like I, these are hard to do. And I need support. I need intelligence. I need charm. So I go to my dear friend. You know him. You love him. You have heard him on the show before. Uh, he is the one and only Jason Fozzy Nelson. Say hey. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I love doing these. I'm so happy to have you. And us together, we're almost a full person. I you know, somehow, this. somehow we make it work. Yeah. Uh, now, I am going to say something. I was thinking today about, you know, the movies we've done, because obviously today's movie, which you heard the trailer for, we'll talk about in a second, the Christmas setup, um, certainly calls to mind a movie we did two years ago, I think, which was Single All the Way. That yes. was the Netflix gay Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but last year, you were here for an episode. Uh-huh. It was the Lindsay Lohan, it was. Uh, Trouty Mouth, um, and uh, oh my God. Some... Street. What the fuck was the name of that movie? Uh, Lindsay Returns. Without looking it up, do you have oh, any God. idea what the title of that movie was? The, God, no. Yeah, no, I'm... right? Yeah, because I know she had amnesia. Did it have like a pun about amnesia? Like I don't even think it did. I think Christmas it was like or... mountain holiday, yeah. ski holiday. Uh, I don't, I don't know. It was like I, I thought. I've been thinking about this for the last three days. Of what was the name of that movie? I should no. I'm not gonna look it up. It'll come to me. And I can honestly tell you, it will never come to me. I no. remember things about that movie. I will not and i have a feeling even if i learn the title i'm going to forget it the next day but i just found that fascinating and in some ways yeah you know the most important thing for me about that movie was kakoa shaw kakoa shaw Shaw. yeah of course right yeah uh i we stan a a queen we stan a christmas Mm -hmm. queen Mm -hmm. he is fantastic and in my head he and that crazy old mountain man are still made it work happily completely yeah and so generic title, this movie kind of has a generic title because it is called The Christmas Setup. Mm-hmm. Is there a setup in this movie? I, I, there's a little minor one, but like that's a very small part of it. 
it's alluded to that like she is always behind the scenes I pulling guess... strings like a little puppet master. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Kinda? Kind of, but yeah, there's not a setup. It's more of a running into. Yes, yes. So, the Christmas setup, uh, this is from 2020. Uh, made for Lifetime, produced by Mar Vista, our first Mar Vista of the year, which is always an exciting thing. Directed by Pat Mills, who had uh, not huge career, but written by Michael J. Murray, who also wrote Santa Boot Camp, which is a movie uh-huh. I covered last year with the one with Rita yeah. Moreno. So now, uh, let me ask first, why, what made you, of all people, pick this movie? Honestly, Fran Drescher. I, I don't, so the thing about my love for Fran Drescher, I don't think she's that great of an actress. I don't think she's that funny. I never watched The Nanny. I, but I adore her as a person. She just seems like the coolest person to hang out with. I want to be her friend so bad. Yeah. I mean, the hero of the year. Um, And obviously I am talking about her supporting role in the uh, Lifetime's miniseries Secrets of the Morning based on the Dawn franchise of novels by V.C. Andrews, where she plays a blousy alcoholic former actress. Right? That's her big 2023. The role she was born to play. Completely, yeah. Yeah. Um, Also, she like saved Hollywood. So that's awesome too. Um, Side note. My history with Fran Drescher really goes back to UHF. Mm, yeah. Right? Because she has um, a line that if I ever, and I've been saying this now for, what, how long have we been doing this podcast? I think 12 years. Yeah. I've been saying it since then that if I ever did a promo for this podcast, I would use the line she has, the way she says it in UHF, which is, broads don't belong in broadcasting. Yeah. <laughs> after somebody says that to her. Like, I've always wanted to find that sound clip and use that as, as the thing. Uh, but I'm way too lazy and I have not. But Fran Drescher, she's great. Yes, big supporter of the gays. Huge I supporter of the gays forever. Her husband yeah. was gay. That was probably why. I, I found a new YouTube show and a podcast that I really love. It's hosted by Matt Baume, B-A-U-M-E. Um, and he's been around for forever. He's been doing YouTube show videos for like eight, nine years now. And he examines like gay media uh, or gay mm. representation in media through the years. Okay. So it's a lot. A lot of the episodes of the Golden Girls and uh, Archie Bunkered. I didn't know that he had a like trans friend. Who oh got- my gosh! There's there are so many um, just early gay. Uh, a whole lot of stuff on All in the Family, and it's fantastic. Yeah, I had no the, idea. Yeah, in- the bartender is gay, and that's like a big reveal oh, in an right. early episode. Yeah, because they all think it's somebody else, and it's like then they, the bartender's like, well, "What would you say if it was me?" And it is, and it's great. Yes. Oh yeah, there's oh, I mean, All in the Family is fantastic. I never really watched All in the Family, but I found through this show like all the gay representation on it. Yeah, there's I watched a lot of it. episode here or there, and I knew like Meathead and sure. I knew like the g- g- broad sweep of it. And a I very know... good Gene Stapleton. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, I didn't know all the gay representation mm-hmm. on it. So anyway, he did an episode about the nanny and like and talked about Fran Drescher's lifelong and undying yeah. love and dedication to the gays where she has sacrificed money yeah. to gay causes and she yep. will like anything for her gay fans. Yeah. And so I just love her. She seems like a yeah. great, great lady. I Like I said, I don't particularly like her acting. I think her accent is a little over the top and it's she puts it on a little thick. Um, but she just seems cool. Yeah, so that's why I picked it overall. Yeah. Oh, no, and I think she's somebody, you know, like a dolly, like a Bette Midler, who understood very early on her own persona as being a, like, a big drag queen in a way. Basically, yeah. And, like, probably learned very quickly, even aside from the, like, 
actually being married to somebody and it was her i think her high school sweetheart they were married for years Mm -hmm. and at one point they divorced and during that time like it came out that he was gay that like sure she had like a kind of a first-hand experience with something that probably wasn't as like known and discussed back then Mm -hmm. um but also like there is something that comes with having that kind of physical bigness that like yeah, you're going to attract the gays and they're going to love you and you're going to learn to celebrate them if you want a career. Yeah, obviously. I mean, like the, the second I saw the um, Desperate Housewives on the cover of Entertainment Weekly, I was like, drag yep. queens are going to love yeah, this. Yeah, yes, yes. Also statuesque. And also Terry Hatcher cannot be in the middle. That was part of the clause, supposedly. Oh, God, God do you remember that era? Oh, what a that time. photo shoot. What a time side. to be alive, people. Yeah. <sighs> that- Remember when that was the biggest thing going on in America? What that was so great. It was a, it was a lot. It was yeah. so much. Oh. Okay, so the Christmas setup. Yeah, let's get into it. So let's uh, first tell everybody that this is. Uh, it was a lifetime production. It is now rentable. Mm-hmm. However, you can also watch it for free. Jason, how would you watch this movie for free? <laughs> I love your setup. You told me, and I instantly forgot when I got to the TV. Oh no! Was, you paid a buck for it. I was like, that's a dollar. I don't oh, care. Like, <laughs> Jason Fozzie like, Nelson. I'm the worst. <sighs> What am I, I gonna do with you? Handle technology. You know, like there's so many shows. I know I keep tangenting, but there's so many shows that I just don't watch because I don't know what how. Like RuPaul's Drag Race, I don't know what. Oh, to that's do a, now. no, that's okay. That one moves is on like seven different networks, and none of them are ones that you have easy access to. Okay, so that's okay. And, it's okay. The kids in the hall came back, and it was like weren't on they on like preview i don't yeah it's okay it's okay but this one i just you know again i am a big proponent of the your public library and as we have discussed there are two video services that are free through most libraries not all libraries depends on if your library is participating but um we talk a lot about canopy because it has an amazing selection but hoopla is another free service that is streamable through your library. You just need a library card and to see if your library is a member. Uh, my library was, so I could rent this for free on Hoopla. 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 Okay. How fun. Yeah. Um, it I did just... not look like there was that much else on Hoopla of interest. But... On, on Amazon, by the way, it is 99 cents to rent and 99 cents to buy. <laughs> Which did you do? I just did rent. I was like, <laughs> I knew it. Watch this again. <laughs> Uh, Why take up my bandwidth? I don't need it. I get it. So with that being said, uh, we will get into the different, you know, things that make this a Cozy Garden Christmas movie. But first, let's walk through the plot. And we'll spoil it, guys. You know what happens in this movie, so we're not really spoiling anything. Uh, Jason, can you walk walk through for us? Tell tell somebody who is like, Christmas set up, what's that about? Tell them. It is the most cliche story. Busy New York lawyer uh, going home to... <laughs> to New his- York lawyer... Yeah, going home to his tiny little hometown of Milwaukee. Milwaukee, as they say. <laughs> you know Fran Drescher's distinctive Milwaukee accent. <laughs> yes, yes. That is how they all talk. So, oh my god, what if everybody in town actually did talk like, what if they decided it was cheaper for everybody to act like Fran Drescher than for Fran Drescher to try to act like she was from Milwaukee? So uh, everybody in town had a Fran Drescher accent? Imagine that movie. And then our, years later, they're gonna. It'll still be happening. It just like, <laughs> on the city. Nobody can explain it. There's an oral history about it at some point, yeah. and they figure it out. <sighs> so 
Busy lawyer decides to go home for the holidays. He's planning to anyway. He takes his roommate slash best friend with him because she has no plans and no date for the holidays. So the two of them go home. Uh, he meets a, a, a former crush of his. They, the, it's interesting that they didn't really know each other. Like a lot of times these stories are like, oh, we dated and things mm-hmm. just didn't happen. Blah, blah, blah. Or I, you know, we used to hang out all the time. But this, they were two years apart in school. And that's uh, Patrick is the character's mm-hmm. name, and Hugo is the main character. So they were two years apart. They kind of knew each other. Like, they crossed paths. Like, Patrick used to buy blimpies from Hugo. Like, something like that. Sub shop, something. So, like, they don't have a storied history, but they meet immediate chemistry. It's like, hey, you're cute. I'm cute. Let's be cute together. And they start dating. But, of course, Hugo realizes that it's only short term because he has to go back to his busy life in New York. And while he's there, his uh, smoking hot boss was kind of hot yeah um so handsome yeah. and i looked him up he isn't a ton of these type of movies he's just always handsome boss man so handsome anyway he calls hugo and is like hey you gave us an ultimatum about your career here so we've decided to take you up on it and we're gonna promote you and make you partner and we're moving you to london and so then there's even more pressure he's like what do i do and that's the main plot and some other bullshit happens with some people and i don't know well, I mean, you did forget the other plot about saving the railroad station. Oh, yeah. They have to save Christmas because, like, a gay railroad magnate. <laughs> He's not kidding. It was a gay railroad magnate who apparently was, like, the, I don't know, the Hershey of this town who, yeah. right, like, funded everything and would do Christmas parties at this railroad station. But he's been dead for a while. and The railroad station's yeah. been abandoned, but they still have Christmas stuff there. Um God damn it, I was so mad that guy didn't turn out to be Santa Claus. Oh, God, I know. There was so much opportunity for it. You know, I have to say, like a minor spoiler, I didn't love this movie just because there were so many, I don't want to call them loose threads, but I guess missed opportunities that I felt were going to happen that didn't. Like the brother, didn't it seem like he had a big story behind the scene something was going on with that brother he was brooding and troubled and he took i mean i second- thought war crimes but yeah yeah and he took a second glass at glance at patrick when he first met him and like there was a little oh, awkward moment oh, oh. And, yeah and then like later he was constantly asking about patrick and i knew that there was something there i didn't think that he was gay i thought that maybe he had bullied him in school or they had <sighs> some weird history and then at one point i thought that Patrick was going to turn out to have sold out the small town <gasps> no. thing because he likes progress and he mm. makes Cassandra. And he's oh, like, yeah. And I thought he'd have a hand. None of that happened. No. Nothing happened. <laughs> like, there was so much opportunity and nothing. It was because I will say I enjoyed this a little more than I expected to just because I thought the the actors and some of the writing had a lot of charm. I thought there was sure. there was chemistry. I mean, the 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 leads are married in real life, so they're a real life couple. Like I thought no. they, yeah. Oh my god, girl! I hated Hugo. Like, and oh, no- Hugo was a little bitch, but yeah, like, he- I don't know. I th- I thought Patrick was dreamy, and I thought like I I get I believed that they wanted to bang. Did you recognize Patrick? No, everybody looked the same to me. So Patrick is played by April Ludgate's boyfriend's boyfriend. Oh, <laughs> good call. Okay, okay. He and I'll tell you, he is custom made for these movies. He's charming, completely, very bland, compl- like forgettable. I will not yeah. recognize him, and I've, I have, he's probably been in like seventies of these movies that I've talked about in the last nine years, and I didn't realize. Yeah, 
He is custom made yeah. for these type of movies. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I thought the, like, some of the flirting was just a little bit more natural than most of these movies. Yeah, I like, agree. The actual, like, banter back and forth felt like real conversations, which you don't normally get. Mm-hmm. Wasn't um, or overwritten. No, yeah, it wasn't. And, like, I, th- I found Farron Rusher really, like, lovable in this. Sure. Um, she kind of charmed me. Like there was a lot about it that I was kind of into in that rom-com way that I'm, that t- it normally doesn't, is got to work hard for me to like fall charms to. Mm-hmm. But I agree. The problem was things were set up to make this more interesting and the movie ended and I actually had to like stop and rewind to be like, wait, did I miss, did they save the train did station? We, did I miss we, that? We don't even know. I like, don't, don't know what happened there. Yeah. Like I looked on Wikipedia and it was like, they saved the train station. I'm like, I don't know that they did. Well, and also she was like, you know, I, I may have some big news and I'm going to have my son come up. Why don't you come talk? And he comes up and talks and it's just like, I love this town and everything's yeah. good. Merry Christmas. He doesn't, I thought he was going to announce something about the train station there. Yeah. And he had been working the legal case. Yeah. It felt like the movie just kind of like assumed we didn't care, but like some of us actually want plot in these things. Yeah. Well, and even the ultimate resolution of the couple is kind of open-ended because like he talks to his best friend. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah. And he's, or his brother actually about the best friend because they fall the weirdest thing. Yeah. And he's like, doesn't the long distance thing bother you? And the brother's like, nope, not at all. And so you're like, oh, are they just going to do something long distance? But then he also says, I love this town and I'm home right now so you're like wait is he moving there yeah we don't know you're right that is really frustrating <laughs> there's no ending no there is not there's absolutely not like he's like at the end it's like you kind of think okay i guess he's okay with long distance relationships but we don't know if that's what he's actually chosen it is yeah. weird it's so bizarre yeah so, yeah that left me just a little sour like i like happy endings and this was a non-ending it was a non-ending you know, yeah you know another movie you and i disagree about another movie and it, it reminds me of this uh martha marcy may marlene mm. i hate it because it's a non-movie it's I, ending. I i love a good ambiguous ending um but a lifetime christmas movie is not the place for ambiguity yeah exactly <laughs> it's just not <laughs> People watching this are not, we're not the smartest. We're not watching these to be challenged and imagined for ourselves. Like, I literally it, need spoon fed the story. That's what these movies are designed to do. They are, yeah. so it's very strange. And like, it, again, it would be okay if it was done in a way that was kind of ambitious. Um, you know, uh, and that happens every now and then. You, another, like, you're usually my good luck charm for these movies, because yeah. more often than not, you pick the ones that are, like, surprisingly good. And I always yeah. go back to The Truth About Christmas, which was the uh, freeform little, one. It was a liar, liar, but it was, like, yeah, like it actually ball. ended with her not being with somebody, and it was shocking. And it was, like, left up to the air of, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And you were like, whoa. And it was great. But this isn't that. This is just, no. like... We just ran out of, it's like they're talking as the credits start rolling, where they just yeah. totally ran out of time and money and just said, yeah, it's fine. It's, it's, the, is, it's built for TV because it has commercial breaks. Like, oh, very much. Commercials. Yeah, and you and, really notice it when you watch it yeah. straight through. So at, at the end, when they like kissed and then they're holding hands, it pans down and it went to commercials. Like, okay, what's going to happen next? It just came back it to credits. It was nothing. That yep. was it. Yep. I was so let down by that. So I, I, yeah, I can't in good faith recommend this wholeheartedly. If I were to rate this, I'd give it like five, I think. Because some of the mm. acting is charming. The people yeah. are charming. The, the Patrick Ryan or Blake Lee, the actor, is a 
adorable. Yeah, he's very cute. He's really good. And also, like, charm, legitimately charming. You can tell he has screen presence yes. and a little charisma. So I like it for him. Um, there's a lot, some good things about it, but overall, I was just let down. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah, I know. I wanted to love it. Well, let's dive into the things that make it a Christmas movie, because yes. maybe that will, will help bring some stuff out. So the first thing is usually our female, in this case not, but our lead in need of a lesson. Uh, and in this case, it's Hugo. Um, and would you describe Hugo as needing to learn a lesson? I don't think so. I mean, I think he knows what he wants, right? Like, it's not well, like... he thought he did, and then he met yeah. Patrick. That's true, but like, don't fucking fuck over your career for a guy, like yeah. a dot commer. <laughs> well, yeah, it's you know what's funny, and this is one of those things where you start to I think see some of the weird mind things that these movies do, yeah. because had this been a straight romance, had right. Hugo been, I don't know, Hugo, whatever the female version of Hugo <laughs> is. It's and Hugo it. was a high-powered attorney who gave an ultimatum to her boss and then went home to mom and met this guy who worked at the Christmas tree lot but was also a millionaire but also worked at the Christmas tree lot and was like, I'm going to give it up. I got the promotion that I've been working so hard for, but I don't know about it. I would be fucking pissed off. I would yeah. be just like, oh, come on. But in this case, because I guess like, I don't know, Hugo seems kind of like – he just. I guess what this movie does and what I have seen other movies do in this way – is where they kind of have started to work harder at making it clear that, no, this person is not happy. That it used to be like, oh, they weren't happy because they wore high heels and had their hair in a tight bun. Right. But lately it has been more of like, oh, no, they're not happy because, yeah, they work hard and they come home late and they just seem lonely and they're not having fun and they have money, but they can't do anything with it, which is in truth, very much something that came out of the pandemic, right? Like this realization of, and I mean, I know it's true for a lot of people I know of being very career oriented and then like having a lot of things change and stopping and saying like, I don't know, maybe that wasn't the most important thing. And I feel like without directly addressing that, these movies have started to like, understand that and convey that a little better and you can do that filmically fairly easy it takes like one shot of them like you know paying bills by right like sad tv dinner goes a long way exactly yeah you can express that but i didn't feel that from hugo in this movie yeah like it seemed like like, oh i'm a control freak like yeah some people are and those people make good lawyers and usually enjoy being lawyers you have a best friend and you're going skating in rockefeller center and and, like you're having hot chocolate and like everything seems fine yeah pretty good life but great hugo yeah, I, and it's okay to like live in your duality, like love that, but also love going home and spending time with your family, and you and then going back to New York. You can to have York. both. Yeah, well, maybe he does. We don't know. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, number two is our bland love interest, which is usually now. Here's an interesting thing, and actually, this is the second movie in a row where this happens. It's typically either A or B. A is poor little rich boy. B is, you know, simple guy who works with his hands. In this case, like in the last movie, kind of in a reverse way, we have both. Both, yeah. Yeah. That Venn diagram is just a circle Mm -hmm. now, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, because he is really written as, you know, the perfect man with no baggage whatsoever, which I just adore. I love he doesn't have an ex, like, in the the picture. And even that, like, oh, in high school, like, he was out and he was popular. So it wasn't even like he had this, because this movie, obviously, like, it's a gay movie and it's comfortable addressing that, but it does it in this really, like, 
happy universe way where like neither Hugo nor Patrick ever seem to express any like, oh yeah, it was hard being gay in high school. Both of them seem to yeah. thrive, which is great. And I I honestly love that. It's that shit yeah. shit's creek way of directing. Exactly. Like, live, live in a world where homophobia just doesn't, just doesn't exist. exist. Yeah. And I like seeing that. So I did appreciate that. But um so Blake was class president. He was Mr. Popular. He like started an app called Cassandra, which can predict anything. Anything? <laughs> anything. Anything. When do you think we will start? Like, what's going to be the next thing? Because I feel like we have had app developers and software developers as, like, the secret rich guy thing for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, either it's a prince or he developed an app if he's rich. Yeah. So what's going to be the next thing? Because, like, maybe, like, three years, like, apps are going to not be the thing that makes you money anymore. I mean, not that they do today. But so what do you think we're going to... Like crypto? Do you think we just skipped crypto, or do you think crypto is going to come up? At uh, some I think point? we skipped it. I, think I hope so. Rightfully skipped it, but I think it will probably go into like housing. Like you know, mm. like I'm a big uh, Airbnb or like I have <gasps> 68 of apartments. Oh my god! I'm a I, super host. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. That kind of thing. Because I think you got it. Rich off of that shit, and it's happening more and more. Nailed it. Yeah. None of us can afford to live anymore. <sighs> All right, so number three is our setting, which is either a big bad city, charming small town, or magical winter wonderland. Uh, I mean, we have a little bit of big bad New York, do we not? We do. We do. Like, Quotation yeah, marks. Yeah, yeah, I... Did you recognize anything? It's obvious. That was obvious. I mean, it was all like, uh, you know, popular stock footage shots of like Rockefeller Center and the usual things yeah. that you see in these movies. But that one scene when they're on the street, that was Toronto. Toronto. Or... I mean, there was a lot of Canadianisms here, too. Okay. This was definitely so, filmed in Canada. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so New York, but also like they don't really go to a small town. They go to a street in a big town. <laughs> yes. Well, and they treat Milwaukee as a like tiny little, little town. Yeah. What's up with that? What do you think they're doing? What, little, what, what are they doing here? Cindy Lou Who Village. Like, everybody knows each other, and they sing and wear little hats. <laughs> like, what's what do you think is going on there that they picked Milwaukee? Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, because they even make a joke about Fran Drescher's accent in it. They say yeah. basically exactly what I said. But I will say that when I was watching it with my roommate Melissa, I said it before they said it in the movie. Of course you did. <laughs> yeah. You are smarter than this movie, Jason. I fully believe that. Barely. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I wonder, like, there's no... Because they did, probably didn't film there. No, it was filmed in like, Canada. It was filmed in Ontario, based on IMDb, which I fully yeah. believe, Ottawa and Ontario. I did think this, and I was wondering, like, is Fran Drescher... Like, does she film something there? Like, is that where Hot in Cleveland? No. And, like, but she wasn't on that show. <laughs> wasn't and... she, though? Couldn't she have been? I don't know. <laughs> right? Is that show still uh, on? Maybe? I, I went over it a lot, and I cannot figure out... It's weird. ...either why Milwaukee or what milwaukee i'm not (laughs) like why it be a town like if you're going to not actually film in milwaukee yeah why say you're film? why not say we're here in you know mistletoe falls yeah like why is it and like they try to build it up as like yeah this this town is this city is evolving like we have drag bars we have um you know, like, d- different, like, community things. Like, they actively say, like, oh, this town is more progressive than it used to be. That's great, but, like, you're not there. <laughs> I don't get it. It's very I mean, odd. Maybe if, since they wanted the the train thing to be such a big part of it, they <sighs> needed, like, a hub? I don't know. I like that. that. We'll go with it. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Yeah. So number four is our dead parents or dead wife. 
Um, uh, something I'm trying to do now, I am trying to actively clock at what point in the movie we are introduced to the fact that there are dead parents oh, or a dead wife. Okay. Um, so, so the first movie we did, it was in that under the three minute mark. Nice. This one is five minutes, 20 seconds in. Oh, so the much. house has been quiet since your father passed. Oh, I know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, you know, I got to speaking of dead parents, I also thought one of the missed opportunities, I thought this was going to go like a family stone route. Oh, my. And like she was trying to make her kids happy before she died of like chick cancer, you know? <gasps> oh, that would have been a lot. I know. I, there was too much to hope for. So there, the other part of that was that like there seems to be a like we don't know about Pat. I assume Patrick's mom was dead because it's one of these movies. Yes, so. I don't think they say it. But then Fran Drescher, like early on, says something to the effect of like, Patrick's dad is hot. Yeah. So if, if had we known the mom was dead, then we could have like rooted for this to happen. Very like I'm putting my fist, my finger through a hole yeah. to say Fran Drescher get banged in this movie. But we just don't. You know, for all we know, mom's out there, so we could And again, it's just such a missed opportunity because it could have been accomplished with just, like, one little look at each other. Yeah. Or, you know, you at could the very end, yeah. So easily. Yeah. We don't have to know the resolution of that story, only that it's maybe the beginning of something would be nice. Yes, because that brings us both- into number five, Sassy Sidekick. So our sassy sidekick, something that, again, I like to look for is if we have the, like, B-story romance with the sassy sidekicks. And we get that here, because now tell me about the sassy sidekick in this case. Oh, God. What was her name? Maddie. Maddie, Maddie. Yes, that's right. Um, his best friend since college, the, the Hugo's main character, she comes home with him for, from New York. And she's just almost manic pixie dream girl, sort of. She's kind of like gooky and like, let's do hey. But she doesn't wear earrings. Oh, she didn't? I didn't Mm-mm. notice that. Mm-mm. Was that, nope. in, was that a line in the movie, or did you just no? Don't it just—it's important. Usually, our sassy sidekicks have like big dangly oh, earrings that are really yes. unflattering and make them look stupid, and they're there to make sure that the sassy sidekick doesn't look prettier than the lead. Yeah, coffee, tea, me—you know. Like... Yeah, and in this case, I, I almost wonder if like they didn't have to go that route because our lead was not female, oh, so it... she wasn't competing. She could be the hottest chick in the film because it didn't matter. And she was very yeah. pretty. She's very cute. cute. Uh, so, did you recognize her? Uh, oh, uh, I didn't. Um, so Ellen Wong is the actress. She was in um, Glow, the TV series. Oh, really? Was she a wrestler? Yes, she was. Oh, interesting. And she was, I wrote it down, and I'm an idiot. I wrote down she was Knives Out and Scott Pilgrim. That's no. not the character's <laughs> name. But in my head. Right. I'm going to, to me, I think that character's name is Knives Out. So yes. <laughs> you recognize her from such movies as Scott Pilgrim. Listeners, go to Wikipedia out. right now and update that for us. <laughs> please do. Please the do. Character's name is Knives Out. Yes. And she gets a B story, B love story, does she not? Yeah. With Chad Connell, yeah. who I could swear was somebody, but he is like the most nobody, nobody. Same thing. I looked at him. I'm like, oh, he was definitely like a rapist in a Law & Order SVU episode, yeah. right? Was he, he? He really looked like one. How has he not played Patrick Wilson, a young Patrick Wilson in a flashback? He did have young Patrick Wilson, but not yeah. quite as hot as Patrick Wilson. But, but he has the blue eyes, the blonde mm-hmm. hair, he could the angles. This very like there was a guy on Jeopardy this week that was like there in like military uniform and had that very like when I don't know there's something like sometimes when you meet a very military person they're just immediately like intimidating because they could be very nice but there's also the thought of like I don't know man like you might have done some dark shit or seen some dark shit uh this guy had that vibe yeah he's been in a million things in Canada and somehow I have not seen any of them yeah 
I, he's a nobody is nobody. Handsome, he was a good actor. I just wanted more from his character. I wanted fucking something. Yeah, it did. But, there was stuff there, definitely. Yeah, because like he was delayed coming home, and you're like, oh, wonder what's going on right. there. Blah, blah, blah. And then he seems like he's cagey and he's like upset or mm-hmm. something. It, maybe it's just his acting style, but I thought True. there was an issue. And nothing. No, no. And now he's in a long distance relationship. So yeah, good for him. All right, so number six is our evil woman or our villainous male boss character. Um, we think we get a villainous male boss, but we don't. No, he's fine. Right? No, I mean, the first scene, you're like, oh, he denied this guy a promotion. And he did the thing where it's like, you're so good at your job that I'm not going to promote you because then nobody can do that. Right. Which is kind of a shitty thing to do, but then he gives him the promotion. So no villain. Pisses me off. I like a Super good Super handsome, too, so yeah, he can right. do whatever he wants. Yeah, let him, let him take uh, the lead in the next one of these. Yep. Uh, number seven is our montages. Um, we have a few. Couple, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you? What are the, some of the ones that you clocked? Oh God, there was the there was a decorating one in the little fucking train, train station. station. Train station. <laughs> there, yeah. I appreciated it because there were a lot of close-ups of cheese. Yeah, <laughs> it was like charcuterie cheese decoration cheese decor. I'm like, am I filming this? It's amazing. <laughs> Uh, there's also a trivia game. Um, oh, right. This is why I guess I like this movie more than you. It involves a lot of cheese and a lot of board games. Yeah. <laughs> Important things in my life. It felt like you were at home with your Italian It mom. really did. Yeah. Your auntie. <sighs> so now number eight is Slapstick. Yeah, some really bad. It's always really bad. But it's he never like good. slides down the stairs at one point. You know, a lot of times movies like this, it's I like to watch them also because it reminds me acting is hard. Usually <laughs> <laughs> we get to the coffee cups. You're right. <laughs> it is it's not easy. Like it takes a lot of skill and talent and practice. So it's not just something anybody can do. And you see it a lot of times in these kind of untested actors. Like Ben yeah. Lewis, charming, cute, whatever. Yep. It's hard. Acting's hard, and you have to make choices, and he's going to get there. Right now, you can tell he's green. It's one of my favorite things when you can watch a movie like this and, like, immediately tell, who, like, oh, professional newbie. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I always go back to it's the it's the Wayne's World 2 moment when Charlton Heston shows up at the end to deliver a monologue. Oh, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, I know it's a bit part, but we need a good actor for this. It's also what I call the Peter O'Toole moment in Troy. Right, oh, Troy right. is not a good movie. Nobody's given it. They're all when it comes to acting, but like two hours into this long movie, Peter O'Toole comes in and gives a monologue, and you're like, "Wow, man, who's that People lady act. that always does that? That lady that was in like Doubt. She played the mom in Doubt. Oh, Viola Davis. Viola Davis, like that. Yeah. She made a career out of that, like coming yep. in an hour into the movie and then just like acting the shit out of something and dipping. God, can uh, you imagine if like. Hallmark started like a little fun. It was like, all right, twice a year, we're going to get Viola Davis to come up and play Santa Claus in the last minute of our film. And she's going to win her Emmy and get her EGOT. If she hasn't already, I think she might have actually already EGOTed. But like that, yeah, like the different things. Every now and then you get that one performer where you're just like, stop. You're like, oh my God, that person's acting and they're good. Yeah. Wait, what is everybody else doing? I know. 
And it's like it's like that in a lot of horror movies where (sighs) because there's somebody who like you get so used to that style of acting and then there's actually a good actor in there. You're like, oh, you don't belong here, though. Like This is weird. Yeah. Like, no, we're talking about a killer pinata. (laughs) (laughs) Or the that person's a star and everybody else isn't. Um, The one I always go to for that is uh, the vampire. Is it not vampires cast? What is the one with Sharon Stone? It's a Wes Craven movie about the Amish. Deadly Blessing. Deadly Blessing. What? Bring it up all the time. It's not a good movie, but a young Sharon Stone is like eighth build in it, and every time she's on screen, you're like, oh my god, who are you? You are beautiful. You have such a great voice. You're not doing anything interesting in this movie that isn't that good, but you're a star. Yeah. And it's fantastic. I love that feeling. You know, the last, one of the last ones that I can remember to give me that, I guess there have been some since then, but anyway, the movie, the movie, the perfect getaway, remember that? (gasps) Everything about the perfect getaway. Come on. I've, I've talked many times about how I snuck into the perfect getaway. I didn't pay for it. And I loved that movie so much. And I felt so bad that I have bought it in some variation of DVD for myself or others, like eight times. Oh, that's so sweet. Because I want to support that movie that I should have supported. (laughs) I love it. Well, the actress that was in that, that's not Mila Jovovich. Um, I don't even know her name. Oh, Kaylee Sanchez? Is that maybe? Kaylee Sanchez. Kaylee Sanchez. That sounds right. Yeah. 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 Um, I was so drawn to her. And I was like, you should be a star. Her. Oh, yeah. and I guess you're next. Uh, Sh- your your best my friend. girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of saw that in her too. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, you got it. Girl. There's it is a, 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 something you see sometimes, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick kind of has it in this, I'd say, not fully, yeah. but like, but give him a, you know, a, he can be a lead in these movies very easily. Um, I don't know, put him on like an NCIS something something as one of the young cops and we, we got something going for him yeah i mean i think hugo is still like coming up but i can see patrick is right on that precipice he yes, could be yes. there really soon mm-hmm. it yeah. might break them up in real life i don't know if they yeah. can handle the, the stress oh, of all that but we'll God. see i want to watch that reality show <laughs> <laughs> all right number nine our sage old person that fran drescher I guess. that's fran drescher yeah she she's not a sassy sidekick we already have that role filled yeah, and like she does, does she offer? I she mean, offers guess, a lot of advice. She says things like, "Life is short. You see something you want, go after right. it." And all of it is about civic pride too. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yep. Loving yep. your community, building, doing better for people, making everybody's day better. Yeah. yeah. Um, being very Jewish, but telling everybody you're not apparently, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> so being like the biggest Christmas person in the state of Wisconsin, <laughs> even though you're Fran Drescher. <laughs> I didn't even. And then number 10 is Santa Claus, which like, there are hints. There is a moment when, because again, like old gay Santa Claus, who isn't Santa Claus's office, has like Santa glasses there, just sitting there as if like, gee, these glasses look like something Santa Claus would wear. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's Santa Claus, right? Right? No. No. I know. It was so set up. I was so, I was so pissed off. I was I mad. God, because when he's looking <sighs> at that picture with a magnifying glass and like examining it and he sees that they're holding hands, um, <laughs> I thought that I kept looking. I didn't understand it at first. And I was like, is he holding a sack or you're <laughs> behind Is it cool? <laughs> what am I looking for? <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah, big missed opportunity. Uh, no. The land of missed opportunity. Very much. Yeah. Um, so now the bonus round, all these other little things that show up. So 
all of the public domain holiday, some music in general. Let's oh, talk about some of it. Yeah, it. It's one of these ones that just like the songs are so <laughs> incomprehensible. I mean, they're not incomprehensible because it's just a list of words. It's, it's yeah, Christmas word salad, which is a like yeah. my new favorite thing to look yeah. for. <laughs> and this one like lays it on. There are so many. Um, let me see. I wrote down some of the words that come up or like the, the phrases that come up in these because we're going to hear them more like the rest of the year. They're going to keep coming up. Trees glistening. Um, somehow this rhymed. Trees glistening and the party started. All of the faces on television. Christmas, I'm missing. It was very Yoda speak. <laughs> right? It was like I have to in order to rhyme, we have to have missing at the end of the sentence. So we're going to move the preposition here. Did not make grammatical sense. Oh, it's iambic pendamba don't. Mhm. There was um okay, when they were doing the game montage, picture frame turtle dove, magic of Christmas is spreading its love and then something about Arizona. That was in the, nope. the song. I, I don't know. It got kind of, I had the subtitles on, but like it didn't give me all the subtitles of the song. And I was listening closely and I couldn't get the rest of it. But So I'm going to call that song Christmas in Arizona. Um, let me see. There was um, a drag lip sync to a Christmas song that I had never heard because I don't oh, think it's a real no. song. But yet they paid for Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas? Yeah, what the hell? Like, that's that not free. That's not public domain. Somebody owns that. You can't do that for free. Good on you, Marvel. What was that? Uh, and then the, the final song was People Smiling, Having Fun, Please Say You'll Stay With Me for Christmas, Twinkling Lights, Jolly Snowmen. Those were some of the words I got. <laughs> Did you also notice that that drag queen's name was Gladys Claus? Which means nothing. That's no, not it doesn't. Yeah. Nothing. But also, is it that year-round, girl? Like, do you go by Gladys Claus? Like in, in July? Yeah. yeah. Well, it, you're That's just, a good question. It, it seemed oddly specific to, like, that drag queen that works once a year. <laughs> I like the idea that, like, I don't know, like, she just, like, changes, like, so then in February it's, like, Ethel Valentine. Yeah. <laughs> it's just continuously these kinds of names. That would be, like, I don't know, I just try to stay current. <laughs> um, oh, also, we need to talk about the fact that there are, there's caroling in this movie. Oh. How do, I feel like I know the answer to this. How do you feel about caroling? Somebody uh, knocks on your door right now, and it's seven people dressed up in old-timey outfits, singing kind of in harmony, kind of not. What are you doing? Melissa, start boiling some water. That's what I say. <laughs> exactly. Fuck right? no. Who the Absolutely fuck? not. If I am assaulted that way, it is I will assault. call police. Yeah. Don't Hi, I'm just watching Jeopardy, having dinner, having a good time. Why is somebody ringing my doorbell? It's, I didn't put a trick-or-treat sign on my doorbell. What's happening? Yeah. And I open the door, and there they are, standing there, looking at me, singing. And not even just like, oh, they came, they sang like one verse of Deck the Halls, and then they moved on. Yeah, no. They, they changed songs. They yeah. like sang multiple songs well, and all twelve fucking twelve verses, exactly twelve days of Christmas verses of a partridge in a pear tree. No. It's like no. it's like if you're somewhere and somebody starts singing ninety nine bottles. You're like, oh yeah. no, we have to sing the whole song. <laughs> right. I can't stay here for this. I if somebody is singing twelve days of Christmas, time. that meant they got through the whole thing over and over again, and they're standing at your door and it's getting cold, and, and you're thinking about your ice cream melting. <laughs> right. Right? <laughs> and friend treasures the lead. Oh my god! Yes! <sighs> oh, oh, I wish I had a gun. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
like just at that point like you're boiling water it's cold out so i'm not doing boiling i'm doing cold water i'm just taking ice cubes and hurling them at each one oh i just want to hear him scream (laughs) (laughs) i would dump a hot acid off the roof if i lived in a castle Oh, God, I hope there's not, like, a serial killer going around killing carolers, because we've just made you prime suspect, and I'm your accomplice. <laughs> Mark and tag this. Flag this. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, so let's see. The next thing for the bonus round, uh, secret family recipe or needlessly complicated holiday cocktails. When they go to a bar, they all have oh. to order, like, it's the Comet and Tonic, and, like, yeah. all the drinks just have reindeer names. So, sure. Yeah, I'll give it that. Yeah, small business in danger. Of... The uh... wait, what was the first part of that last one? Uh... Secret family recipe sometimes oh, no. comes up. Okay. I don't think anybody cooks in this movie. Nobody. I mean, there were the pancakes, like that her mom, his mom's oh, pancakes right. at the very beginning. It's not. I guess it's not a recipe, but the way she does them in the oh, little yeah. cookie tins. Yeah, that's butter, so good catch. That's... Good catch. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Small Business in Danger, which I guess is the railroad station that maybe gets saved and maybe doesn't. We don't really know. <laughs> maybe gay, maybe Santa Claus. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it's actually the North Pole or maybe not. <sighs> I did not catch any product placement, although, again, this movie did um, try to make Milwaukee seem like a really like liberal open place for the gay community. Which it might be now. Like, it could be. I went back to my hometown um, of Springfield, Illinois, and I expected like kind of what I'd grown up with, like seeing it in like the nineties, mm. I guess. And I expected that kind of small-minded thinking. It was so progressive, so flexible. Ah, wonderful. So, there was so much trans representation and like stuff for kids to do, and like nice. it has really come up. So these small towns in the Midwest, some of them got their shit together. Good, good. So maybe out. Milwaukee was one of them. According Hopefully. to this movie, it was. <laughs> According to this movie, where nobody stepped foot in Milwaukee, it's a good place to be. But basically, she never left her like community block either. Like sure. the train station was right there, and like she lived right off of that. She lived on that street and decorated the whole. Like she didn't go into Milwaukee. She lived on Carroll Street. Yes, yeah, it's a very good point. Yeah. Um, cloying child. I don't think we had any kids in this movie, nope. right? Yeah. Thank would... God. Thank goodness, especially because El- uh, not Ellen Wong. Um, actor Ellen. Character Maddie is like an elementary school teacher, right? So they could have done something. Thankfully, they did not. Appreciate oh, yeah. It. I just, I, it's never fun. I've never seen a good one. R- very rare. Very rare. Every now and then. Christmas Prince had some good kid actors, but it's okay. rare. I don't want to hate kids. I don't want to, like, know, you know. I know. I, oh, I, yeah. Because I, I feel bad. Anytime I'm in, insulting a child's performance, I'm insulting the director for getting that performance out of the child. Exactly. Um, but, you know, if I'm the kid listening, I'm upset. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway. All right, so finding the perfect tree. Um, sure. So I mean, they already did. It was yeah, right. Like that's the setup. Is that Patrick is delivering the perfect tree? And it's not even that big of a it's tree. Settle down. Oh yeah. And so okay, so Patrick's dad owns a Christmas tree lot, and Patrick like works there because he's got nothing to do because he's rich. Right. Um, Patrick at one point has Hugo come there for a date. Uh-huh. And he's like, it's very romantic. He's got food made. They sit down. Okay, I don't know much about safety or Christmas tree lots, but doesn't it seem like a bad idea to have an open flame in a Christmas tree lot? And two open flamers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's my Paul Lind. <laughs> oh, no. I thought we were doing like the old, like the Muppet guys, but that, the 
you, you work better as a Paul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am Paul Lynn. Come on. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, they have a date in a fire. The, there's an, a, a little bonfire. And that just seemed, I w- was nervous watching that. It's like scenes in movies where a character's driving and they keep, like, looking at the person yeah. talking. Again, maybe it's just the descent ruined me, but every time I see that in a movie, I'm like, you're going to die, right? You're going to yeah. crash into a tree? Similar. If I see a flame in a tree, I'm thinking something well, bad's going to happen. like when Michael proposed to Holly in the office. I'm like, this is a paper company. Yeah. Are you trying yeah. to fuck her or yeah. set her on fire? Exactly. Very Let's dangerous. those out. So number seven is my favorite, and that is empty coffee cup acting. I'm sure there was some. I forgot to look so for much. it. Was there a lot? Um, I mean, it was both hot cocoa and coffee, so that might have been why you, you didn't clock it, because they talk okay. about hot cocoa a lot. There's a lot of, like, oh, we have the best hot cocoa in Milwaukee. Oh, no, you don't. New York has the best hot cocoa. I'll prove it to you. And then Hugo stands there, and you're going to see me do this. The listeners obviously won't. Yeah. But at one point, Hugo is holding his coffee cup, and he checks his watch. And how does he check his watch? He just flips his hand over to check his watch. What? Thereby completely flipping the coffee cup over and nary a drop. So it's very thick hot cocoa. How did I miss that? Yep. Yep. It's there. It's there. Oh. Actually, my roommate, who, uh, Melissa, that I watched this with when we first started, I got on my phone and started playing my little game. She's like, don't Fozzy watch it because like, I'm notorious for Fozzy watching. Gotta be eagle-eyed. Yeah, you want to catch that off empty coffee cup acting. So like a little Twitter mm-hmm. here and like, I, it's hard for me to just focus on a movie. So I miss little things like that and these are the movies why i need when i watch these and i was telling you i think off mic how i when i am scheduling out these recordings and like scheduling when i watch the movies i have to be like really careful about when i do it because i can't have two of them Mm. in my head at the same time i need to like watch one with my notes in front of me i used to do some of these at the gym but i can't now because i need to take frantic notes the entire time i need to pause and turn the subtitles on and rewind um so it's a very intensive viewing process if you're doing it watching two back to back and then trying to record a podcast is as chaotic as trying to put tater tots on top of your casserole without putting them in a spiral shape Ooh. That's sorry. I, that's a reference to a very popular YouTube video right now. I believe you. Um, Midwestern mom, probably from Milwaukee, is making this amazing casserole. Mm. And she, one of the lines she says is, "She was like, I know this seems like a lot of work, but it's the only way I can get my husband to eat tater tots." <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. That, that is has. champagne problems right there. <laughs> Yeah, you need your daily influx of tater tots, Daryl. I told you. The doctor said you got to have 88 milligrams of tater tots. It's the bottom of the food pyramid. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, sorry I referenced that. Totally off track. Oh, no. Hey, I I need the hip young young demographic here. So please. The tater tots on, she was like, and don't just dump them on top. Put them in a nice spiral shape. Oh, so she was just like laying it. Okay, I thought you meant she was like taking a knife and like. I don't know, doing, like, knife work so that they, like, what is it, like, Hasselback potatoes when people do that? Where I look at that, I'm like, that looks good. Do I, do I want to stop and take, and I, and I'm like that stupid person that, like, I will take the time to do shit like that. Like, I make bread now. Who am I? What? You know they sell bread in a store. You know we have Or you could spend hours making it. Like, so some of that I'm like, spiraling tater tots, huh? Like, I can learn how to do that. But it sounds like that that's not as complicated as it sounds. No, this is literally just like laying little tater tots on top of mm. a, a circular casserole dish okay. uh, in a spiral pattern. And because she says the other way is chaotic. And I love that about her. Fair, fair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
Like, hey. I mean, the whole meat was just cheese and powder and, like, meats, and it's disgusting. But then she's really particular about the tater tots, and I get that. Like, I, my life can be chaos, but my fucking closet looks amazing all the time. Mm. <laughs> like, there's some things that I have to have perfect. I get it. I get it. I was very mad tonight because I served the same salad I served yesterday. Oh, girl. I'm not happy about that, but I had run out of other dressings, so I'm like, ugh. I don't have lemon, so I can't do my, in a pinch, I do some lemon juice and olive oil. No, all I have is the homemade balsamic vinegar that I just did, so we're going to have to do that again. And I, I, it's not my proudest moment, is all I'm saying. I feel like we are housewives in the 60s having this talk, <laughs> just sitting around the kitchen. These are the problems we're sharing. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when you don't become a high-powered New York City attorney. Yeah. Instead, right. you sit there hassle-backing tater tots. <laughs> All right, number nine is our Canadianisms, or obvious tells that the movie was not filmed on location. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, every actor in this movie, for the most part, aside from Brian Drescher, I think is Canadian, and yeah. it shows. And, and I'm sorry, Toronto does not look like New York. I don't I, have, I don't even think they're in Toronto. They're in Ontario. Ontario. See, Canada doesn't look like New York. I've never been fooled by no. a Canadian New York landscape. No, take that, Scream 6. Yeah, all right. Uh, let's see. How do you number... feel about Screen 7? All the hoopla. Oh, oh God. Can um, we get into it? Should we get into it off mic? Did we this? Did, did, if people came here to hear you, I think they want to hear you in Scream 7. Um, so, uh, just po- quick tangent for, for, for those. Quick yeah. talk about Scream 7. So, I hated Scream 6. Um, I know. I just really actively didn't like it. Uh, some characters, we don't even know if they're dead, so, and they haven't even been mentioned as coming back or not, because the movie mm-hmm. probably won't pay them. So, I don't, it, the whole thing seems very, like, the studio is in a mess, and they are actively trying to blame actors and put things on them to get out of paying them, and, mm-hmm. like, it, like, it's probably true. Jenny Ortega probably, like, months ago was like, no, I'm not coming back if you don't pay me what I'm worth because I am a movie star now. Right. And the fact that the studio waited to say she wasn't coming back until after they got very bad press after firing the other actor whose name I forget, Melissa Barrera, I think. Um, I think they fired her, whether it was because of what she said online or not. Um, They fired her, realized immediately, oh shit, people are pissed at us for doing that. Mm -hmm. So the best way we can get ill will is basically to throw Jenna Ortega under the bus and say, oh yeah, look at Wednesday Adams, we'll come back either. So it just feels dirty. Um, The fact that they, also the way they treated Nev Campbell for the last film, just makes me very like, I don't normally... You know, I'm not normally thinking, oh, studios, they're the heroes. But this very particular moment just feels like, oh, this studio is just absolute trash. Yeah, I see a lot of that discord uh, discourse on like Twitter and people talking about it. My two cents, though, is like, I don't care. I want another Scream movie. And I just, like, I'd like a uh, good Scream movie. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. I mean, that's the thing. In my, I'm one of those people who is like, there's no such thing as a bad Scream movie. I know you disagree mm-hmm. with that, but like, even when they're not great, I still really enjoy them and I like the way they're written and I like a mystery. I like action. Sure. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Exactly. And I love Nev Campbell and I want her. I will protect her to the end of the time. But like, I didn't really love Melissa Berea and frankly, not a lot of other people did until right now. And sure. I know I read 
read what she said online, and I'm going to tell you, I didn't even totally understand what they were talking about. <laughs> I'm just not very world savvy. Yeah, I, I just fair. stay away from that entire subject because yeah. you, you cannot win and there is so much loaded to it that yeah. I just avoid it publicly. I barely understood Inception. Do you think it's I understand the intricacies of the fucking Hamas and <laughs> like the Gaza Strip? No, I don't know. So I didn't know that what she said was bad. I didn't understand what was going on. So I'm staying out of that whole conversation. Yes. I just want a Scream movie in some form. And there's been talk recently of doing a reboot to this series. And I'm like, fuck, that sounds awful. I will go see it. But it <laughs> sounds horrible. And, but, and I'll go see it and I'll probably like a lot of it. But like, it sounds really bad. So that's where I stand right now. Yeah, I just don't really understand what the property means anymore, which I felt like once they screwed over Neva Campbell, mm-hmm. it kind of to me was like, okay, I don't know what a Scream movie is anymore. Yeah. Um, and again, that's most franchises do that at some point. Like every franchise has its like sour points or the moment it derails. I just don't really get what the appeal is for Scream without anything carrying over i guess like i like christopher landon let him make a different movie i'd be happier with that so i mean you know it seems like a lot of people are overlooking courtney cox in this too i would be that's the weirdest thing yeah with the courtney cox led scream film if that's the way they want to go i mean that was the thing that most pissed me off about the last movie was like the fact that the movie hadn't even spoiler alert scream six the movie didn't decide what to do with her whether she's dead or alive like it ends with right like they're like oh yeah she's in the hospital still why 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 isn't why how does that make any sense to put your act like did you just not pay her to come back for the ending which is also what it felt like so i feel yeah well i feel like it was written to that she was going to be killed in this but i think that they second they thought about it because it's a it's a foley line where when she they're wheeling her out and one of the people's foley is that the right word not foley uh Uh, adr adr ADR. It's an ADR line that somebody says, oh, I have a weak pulse, like when they're walking yes. out. That's, they throw that out there. So I think it was like they probably wrote it as she was dead, but then they were like, no, we can't kill her, mm-hmm. so let's just fucking throw this but it just And that was my entire problem with the movie was, and this was goes back, my issue with Scream 3 was that like, wait, nobody died in that movie, basically? Um, but here where it really was like, oh no, we're, we're not killing anybody. We're keeping your four main characters plus Nev Campbell, plus Courtney Cox, all alive. And at that yeah. point, like, so what are my stakes here? Nothing? Okay, great. I, I can get stabbed 80 times in the gut and still be okay. Right. Cool. I don't know what this movie is about then. So. I know. I'm very disappointed by that, but I'm also very torn because I'm such a Pollyanna with films. I do want everybody to live. Like, I want to see them die. I want deaths in movies, but I also want everybody to live because I like them so much. And it, like, I know. I'm so torn on that whole – I'm back and forth about it. I get it. it Anyway, uh, the, okay, so back to the movie real quick. There was that scene when he did walk in. Hugo was walking into the date at the Christmas tree farm, and he's kind of walking around. It's a little maze, and it's a little dark, and he's like, hello, hello. And I was like, I kind of hope he gets murdered right now. <laughs> it's the dream. Every time you watch these movies, you're waiting yeah. for it to turn into a different genre. Yeah. yeah. Like, Something cool is going to happen in a second. Then it was just like a date with an open flame. Also, like, the dating style of, like, Patrick keeps getting, like, busy, right? So Patrick will make a date with Hugo, 
And then last minute, like, Hugo shows up and Patrick calls. He's like, I'm so sorry. I, ha- I had to do something. I'm going to be late. And Hugo's just so pissed about it. Like, Which is a weird dynamic. You would expect the lawyer to be the one that yeah. is always, like, regimented and has a meeting. And, oh, I have a call. I'm sorry. My call ran late. Blah, blah, blah. He's working. Except this guy that works for his dad's Christmas tree farm. Like, and wasn't that the whole thing was like usually when he was late it was like oh no I was delivering trees to the orphanage or something like yeah, it was right? one of the things where like well I can't be mad at you but also like I'm on vacation and you've wasted my time I guess that's what they were going for but it was it was just that like weird dynamic and I think maybe it was also trying to like drive into the fact that Hugo is realizing oh my time with you is limited so maybe I shouldn't get invested and my time is even more limited because you keep delivering trees to orphanages so. Maybe that was the intention, but to me, it just came off of something that was set up that was not paid off. Yeah, yeah, it was more weird pacing. Yeah, yeah, it was pointless. Yeah, Uh, warm weather watch or proof that the movie was not filmed during the holidays. I, it's not as egregious as some of the other movies, but like, I don't know, did anybody wear gloves ever? Oh, yes, they did when they delivered the tree because that was the meat cute. Yes, adorable. But um, I I thought several times, like it is Milwaukee, and that's in it's in Wisconsin. It's almost January in Wisconsin and they were up on the roof putting those lights on in just like a flannel yep and little vest little like, vest no gloves yeah. sitting yeah. pretty like yeah yeah absolutely not it's cute like they they, they probably thought that they're, they're like oh this is what you wear in the winter you know because they're so hot right then because they filmed it in the summer in yeah and so they're like, this is the most a person could possibly ever wear. Yeah, look at how, how much we're giving for our art by wearing <laughs> yeah. long sleeves in July. Yeah. Right. Anyway. All right. So number 11 is our old people aggressively and sometimes inappropriately matchmaking our leads. Well, sure. I mean, yeah. Kate, like, wants both of her kids to fuck this week. Oh, so Yeah. Like, hardcore. Very yeah. hardcore. Yeah. She wants his dick wet. She wants yep. her, her like, daughter gaped. Like, whatever. All those things and more. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last one is the new thing I've added because I I realized I I really hey the highlights sometimes of any movie a movie can be terrible but sometimes they wear cute clothes. Oh so yeah. Our favorite fashion moment. Ooh. Of the Christmas setup. Did you I, have one? Well, Fran Drescher's initial pre- presentation where she looked like kind of like Irish Elvira. <laughs> <laughs> Irish, Jewish, Wisconsin, Elvira. It was very green, form-fitting, mm-hmm. but it kind of had a cape to it. As well. Yeah, style. I mean, of course, it's Fran yeah. Asher. Yeah, I loved that look on her, and she's like voluptuous and like looking amazing. Yeah, she looks great. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite was like I, you know me, I am a sucker for a good hat. Sure. And we get like as much as I hated the idea of Fran Drescher knocking on my door, Christmas caroling. Uh, when she's got like literally a bag of hats and is like everybody gets a hat and like yeah. has picked out a hat for everybody and Fran Drescher's hat is very cute. It's just like little cute holiday, little holly on the front. Like she wears it well. I can't wear hats. I look dumb in them because I'm I'm too short. I look up uh, at people. Like if I wear a hat, nobody can actually see my face, and I have to keep looking up. I have to look up at everybody. Right? There's like very few people shorter than me. I wish I could be Carmen Sandiego, but in reality, if you dress like Carmen Sandiego and most of the people you interacted with were two inches and above you, yeah. you it, you would be very strained and awkward. So hats yeah. don't work well on short people. 
Yeah, but I mean, Carmen Sandiego was always trying to hide her face behind her hat when she'd move. So that's what you're doing as a short person. Nobody can see your face. Nope, nobody sees me anyway. They like can step on me. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, right. I, I don't have to worry about that. <sighs> All right. You know, so that's, that is a, one reason I love Fran Re- I know Fran Drescher and I would be best friends because like I know. just bought, I don't know if I, am I anywhere near? I bought a hat box. Uh, <gasps> a hat box. I see the hat box. It's a very pretty hat box. I just, I was like, I love a good hat box. I yeah. do want to fill it with hats. And then there was a yeah. box of hats in this movie. Fran, be my best friend. Yeah. She'd be a good time. I know. Yeah. Okay. Well, with all that being said, so I think I know your answer. Do you recommend the Christmas setup? Not necessarily. Uh, like I'm really torn. It's a solid five in the middle of the road, yeah. which in a lot of ways, the worst thing a movie can be. Except but, when it comes to these kinds of movies. Yeah. But, like, Fran Drescher's fun to see. And, yeah. like, uh, like, you know, support gay love stories, like, in any way you can, even if they're white like this again. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, we had some diversity within, you know, we had a black boss. We had an Asian best friend. Yeah, I mean, it's still, that's 80s diversity, you know? <laughs> every little bit, Jason, every little bit. I know, I know. But still, no, this was, if you want, like, support all gay media. That's the way I always feel. Everything any gay person ever does, support yeah. it. That's well, all. and this was one of those, and this is Lifetime, not Hallmark, um, but, and I think this, and I should have double-checked this, I think this was the first, like, where the gay love story was the love story. I, there had mm-hmm. been a few movies in both Lifetime and even Hallmark where there was a gay character or there was like a side plot with a with a gay romance. But I think this was the one that was like, no, this is a gay Christmas movie. Oh, okay. So for all of that, like, I, I think it does that admirably, at least from my point of view. Like, it feels like, oh, this is as good as a heterosexual romance in these movies. Um, <laughs> but I, I did. I, I thought, yeah, yeah. I thought it had the... With and again, it's not fully there, but there's a lot of charm, and this did to me. It like felt more like a movie than some of these other movies. Yeah, I'll give it that. Definitely, even with the commercial breaks, but completely, yeah, it still felt like a a film. Yeah, it felt like a movie to me. Yeah, and like it was, it was decently acted. It's not like there was just bad acting all over the place. A lot of these people were really good. Yeah, can see them. Yeah, I could see them having a bigger career. And nobody but, to me really, again, like Hugo just wasn't, I think, our type. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe that's maybe. the problem. And his character is a sourpuss, too. It yeah, kind of made me hate much. him. Like, yeah. he's always like, oh, no, I don't want to. I'm going to London, even though I love London. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to get up. Don't make me sing. <laughs> Why oh, don't make me make sing. make him a munchkin? <laughs> but he just is a whiny little bitch the yeah. whole time. And yeah. he's so annoying. But it's hard to act that. Maybe too that's a challenge to like make that sympathetic like this character is kind of supposed to be that way but there are actors who could have made you find 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 that endearing you know but he yeah he just didn't anyway (laughs) anyway so if you have the energy to pull up your library card and you know take the three minutes it takes to make a hoopla account you can do this if you have 99 cents to spend to rent or own the movie your choice you can do I, so. My, the, the, yeah, the accounts were under my roommate, so I had to zell her a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> did she zell you back a cent? No, but I did put in the comments uh, the, the Christmas setup. Just so we'll always remember when she looks back on her statement, like, what the fuck, a dollar? Well, what's going to be but... funny is she's not going to remember what that means because we're not going to remember the title of this movie. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, like Lindsay Lohan. And she had amnesia. Is that the most brilliant movie ever? <gasps> Was okay. Intentional? So, with all that being said, I can't. I can't not do it. 
Okay, we have to know. All right, I found the title. I understand why I didn't remember it. I also think it actually did have a little bit of, oh, this makes sense for the movie. Because how does she lose her memory? On a ski, like falling down a hill, right? Uh huh, like, uh huh. What's that word yeah. you said? Falling down the hill. Falling. Uh, the first all word. The, way. the first word. Falling. Uh huh. And now, um, a number. Four. And Christmas. Yeah, falling we got there. Christmas. Uh, A.K.A. Kakoa Shaw's love story. Indeed. All right. So, Jason, where can people find more things that you've done, such as a novel that you've oh, written? Oh, right. Yeah, my book is still available. It's always available. I also great Christmas my... present. <laughs> yes, for the reader be. in your life. Yeah. You know, I have this little award from an old job, and I liked it. It looks like a little Oscar, and I like fixed it up, and I set it next to my book, standing up <gasps> on my bookshelf, oh, like I won an show? award. I never won an award, but it's, I put a little award next to it nice, it's, nice i love it it's so fun to look at anyway please go find my book and uh tell your friends it's called always by my side uh by jason fozzy nelson available on amazon i'd love to hear what you think and you can get it in both digital format or a hard copy like i did it's not in this room so i won't pick it up and show not that people could see it <laughs> but it's it's a great great Thank art you. design as well great cover but it is a yes and it, it's yeah. just a wonderful read i had such a good time reading it it's a great mystery um it's great for podcasters because there's a podcast element or research element yeah a little gay love story too a wonderful gay love story a more a much more um interesting and involving gay love story than the christmas setup thank you thank you and i recognize i don't know why i'm feeling the need to say this but like it is my first work and so like it's a little rough around the edges in some points but i really love it and i fell in love with the characters and i hope you do too i i had a fantastic time reading that and i would love for more people to do so so please everybody go find it oh thank you so much yeah all right well with all that being said uh we are both going to put our hands in the hat bag and go do you hear a doorbell ringing oh because we've got 12 days of christmas coming in your ears right now oh christmas muffins and twinkling lights and and puppy dogs wearing christmas bows and and the little candy canes So we won't ever grow, but we're working out three feet of fun for Mr. Ho 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 Making Toys. Making toys for girls and boys. For girls and boys. We're bringing joy to the world. I call it oi to the world. That's nice. Uh-huh. I like it. Oh, yeah. She calls it oi to the world. Graduate of the Nasal Academy. Well, I'm too big. No, you're just right. That's not a way. Oh, what a sight. You like the seven dwarfs. And I'm Snow White. Let's bring some joy to the world. 